Did you know Super Awesome Mix has an app? Go to the Apple App Store today and download Super Awesome Mix. It's free. You could start creating and sending your own digital mixtapes in just a few clicks. Also, there's links to our Instagram account and a link where you can follow your favorite podcast. Speaking of which... Welcome back to another Super Awesome Mix. My name is Matt Sidholm, alongside my co-host and co-founder of Super Awesome Mix, Samer Abu Salbi. Samer, how are we doing this week? I am doing well. I am excited that you know you liked my idea for today's mix, and and that we're doing it. That's always a win. <laughs> <laughs> that is always a win. But uh, yeah, I don't know if you just caught me at the right time, but. You know, you threw out the idea of, uh, at first it was acoustic songs and or acoustic covers. And we still may do the acoustic songs mix, but for today, we're going to focus on acoustic covers. Yes, that's right. So it's like, we've got another mega mix, basically. So there'll be 24 tracks on the playlist, which you can always find in our show notes and follow us on Spotify, um, so that you can always get the latest playlist there. But um, yeah, so 24 songs, we each picked six and their pairing so in other words we'll cover the original and then an acoustic um cover of that song that we like or that maybe we are just kind of punishing the other person with and and we'll get to that a little bit later (laughs) (laughs) being forced to listen to a cover i think it's debatable but we'll get to it we'll get to it but most of these songs you will know so you'll i think by and large you'll know the original for sure and then um, hopefully you'll discover a new way of listening to it. So I think uh, I think it's a pretty cool mix. Yeah, it should be good stuff. So let's start it out. Your first pick, uh, you went with Hey Ya. And of course, the original is by Outkast. And the acoustic cover was contributed by Obadiah Parker. Yeah, so it's funny. This you know We always talk about like the songs that come straight to mind whenever a mix um, lands on our plate. And this is the one that, for whatever reason, always comes straight to mind for like a version that is wildly different than the original. Um, but it just like it makes it... It almost sounds like a romantic version, the acoustic version. Like I almost feel like you could walk down the aisle to this song. <laughs> and of course, the original is like super dancey, such high energy... Um, here's you know my usual PSA every time we talk about this song: do not shake a Polaroid picture. You're not supposed to. Uh, <laughs> you might damage the chemicals That's in there. That's not how science works, right? Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Um, but I really like Obadiah Parker. You know, there's obviously a lot of like so-called coffee house acoustic covers of pop songs, um, but this one has just always stuck with me through the years. He also has a lot of covers um, that like. Of Billie Jean, in fact, um, which, you know, may or may not come up later. Stay tuned to find out. And Black Hole Sun, um, a, you know, a favorite of mine. Um, so just like a lot of really well done covers. And so I wanted to to highlight this guy um, and highlight this this cover. Yeah, I think it's cool. Uh, and I think the first two songs we picked out are pretty good examples of songs that sound very different when done acoustically. And uh, really take on a new meaning. I like your description of romantic with this one because it does almost sound that way, you know. But I also thought you slow down the lyrics a little bit and take them out of that dance uh, vibe. And it almost sounds a little silly at times. And, and I'm sure a lot of people are listening to the acoustic one going, oh, that's what he's saying there. Like, oh, I've, right. been, I've been saying that lyric incorrectly this whole time. And 
Um, so I think that's kind of funny, too, to hear those lyrics in, in a really different context and one where you can really, you know, understand them better. Yeah, absolutely. Like rap is definitely one of my favorite genres to have it kind of pulled out and read almost as poetry because sometimes that works beautifully and sometimes, you know, like <laughs> right. Little John's Get Low might not translate into <laughs> into poetry too well. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure the coffee house crowd would be too into that. Right. To the window. To the window. <laughs> um, let's move on to um, your next pairing. And you went with Do Ya by Electric Light Orchestra and the cover by Neil Nathan. Yeah, so I included this on our covers mix from last season and uh, just thought it was appropriate to bring it back because similar to Hey Ya, I mean, and it even includes the word Ya in the title, um, it's a super energetic song by ELO, right? And uh, then you slow it down and, um, you know, in a similar way, it does take on, it starts to sound like a love song here by Neil Nathan. And so um, I've always loved this cover version of it. And I love the original too, but um, I think this one works really well. And, and when you do hear the lyrics, I, I think it, I, it almost makes you surprised that they sped this up, right? Like I, I think he does such a good job slowing it down that um, the, the sped up version sounds a little awkward. Yeah, it is. It is funny how that can happen, right? Um, you end up kind of preferring and what's funny for me is whenever you put this on the original, I went back to my notes and I noted that I really liked the Neil Nathan version. Um, that one at that point in my life, I guess, spoke to me more. But then listening to it again this round, I actually like the ELO version. Um, and I don't know. I don't know what that if that says anything about me. I don't know if maybe I've been hanging out with you too much. And now I like, uh, you know, like you need more energy, right? I all need. The time. Yeah, I, I need to be amped up all the time. <laughs> Uh, but they're both beautiful versions. And yeah, and, and it is really interesting, these two first picks from both of us to kind of highlight like just how dramatically a song can change, whereas some of the other ones coming up more or less, you know, have like the same vibe uh, being covered. And, and again, there, you know, there's no judgment there, but it's just really cool how, how that works out. Yeah, I totally agree. So speaking of songs taking on maybe a similar feel, um, but but I actually had some different feels from this, but it's the same artist doing doing their song. So you've got Drive by Incubus and then Drive by Incubus. So they do an acoustic <laughs> version of their own song. Yeah, that's going to happen a number of times on my picks. Um, for whatever reason, like that was that was the challenge for me, at least. I wanted to see if the same artist could dramatically kind of change the feel. Um, this is another one also that was top of mind because I loved I loved Incubus in high school. I think, you know, every now and then whenever I feel a particular sense of moodiness, I want to listen to them again. Um, they're really good for that. And I really liked the acoustic version um, because it just comes across as like moodier. Like I think his voice, you know, has like a need to it. Like as he's singing, there's just like a neediness that's coming through. Like he's really struggling with this decision about letting the fear drive him versus, you know, feeling like he's the one in control, which is really kind of what the song is all about. Um, and, you know, I just, yeah, I thought it was really interesting. Like I think removing a lot of the instrumentation and just focusing on the lyrics here, I think the lyrics are strong enough to where um, it adds like a certain power to it for him to be singing about the struggle of like letting go and, let you know, uh, making sure um, or letting the fear go and making sure that he's the one uh, with hands on the wheel. So that's why I wanted to bring this one up. Yeah, I thought this one, um, like the the original version, like when you contrast it with this one, it, it just sounds more defiant, 
Like he, he's really kind of going at the fear. Whereas I think when he slows it down, you, you almost get the more like fear and uncertainty like vibe from it. So I had never heard the acoustic version of this. Of course, this was a massive hit. So I've heard the original version a million times, but you know, that one all sounded a little more defiant to me. So it was really cool hearing it slow down. And, and I just got a totally different feel from it. And I think you get more of the meaning from that song than uh, you do the original, or that version of that song than you do the original. Yeah, exactly. I just want to quickly call out one thing. You know, in my research, we I come across a lot of comments and songs and a lot of interpretations, and we've talked about how people can interpret songs in many different ways. This one has a lot of different interpretations. So one of the best comments I read while you know reading the discussions of this, um, and I'm going to bleep out a word here, is the the author writes, I think we can all agree there's multiple interpretations of the song. That's what makes it effing art. <laughs> and I just think, like, what a great summation, right? Like, <laughs> I love that. Like, right. I mean, art is meant to be interpreted by by, by the beholder. It's, like, super, super subjective. Um, right. So, and, it, and it's okay if a song hits differently for different people. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So if you listen to it and you think, like, a lot of people thought this was about his rejection of Christianity and religion and other people just thought of it, you know, as he notes that it's just about fear and not letting fear make decisions for him. It's, like, great. Like, if that's if that's what it's speaking to you about, like, fantastic. I don't yes. see anything wrong with that. That's right. <laughs> if you both like the song, just go ahead and high five and, and go your separate ways. Right. right. <laughs> yeah. No need to schism. And, and That's right. <laughs> And bring up, yeah. All right. Well, let's move on to track four, um, another one that has made the mix before, and and another one where I had different reactions, actually, this time, second time around. So we'll discuss that here in a moment. Of course, I am talking about Grown Up by Bruce Springsteen, and then the cover by Eddie Vedder. Yeah, so I love the song. Uh, I think I included it on my Desert Island mix. Um, and, And it almost, I mean... It's not a hard rocking song in its original form, right? Um, but for me, if you're going to remake one of your one of my favorite Bruce Springsteen songs, it better be someone pretty top shelf. So uh, when I came across this version, um, acoustic version by Eddie Vedder, I was like, okay, if someone's going to redo it, I'm I'm good with this. Um, and it's funny because he messes up the lyrics and then he just kind of fixes it and keeps going, uh, which I thought was a really funny thing to just keep in the mix. Um, and uh, yeah, for me, because I love the song so much, it just gave me a completely different like version of one of my favorite songs to listen to. <laughs> so I've been listening to this one quite a bit on, on repeat since I discovered it, just because um, obviously, and, and we just did our, our intro to Pearl Jam mix, Eddie Vedder's voice is just unbelievable. And uh, I think he just lent something a little different to this song, and um yeah, so even if you love the original in this case, I think you're really gonna really gonna like what he does with it. Yeah, absolutely. I I noted, you know, obviously we just did our intro to Pearl Jam mix um, episode, and then Eddie V's voice is just has that like smokiness to it or something. Like I don't know how else to describe it. I think it actually really brings something different to this song, even though at its core it's still the song, right? Um, and of course, this is a live version, so that's why you know he can kind of mess up, but have to keep <laughs> right. going anyway. It's not like <laughs> it's not like they can cut the track and and redo it. 
Um, but what was funny, you know, I, I noted earlier I had a different reaction. Uh, obviously, I listened to Grown Up on your Desert Island mix, as you said. But then, you know, I was just, it was interesting. I don't know if I was like in just a really good mood when I listened to this recently preparing for this mix. And it's like recently been in the 50s here. So like fall is arriving. And <laughs> of course, I love that. I was in such a good mood. And I like really loved the Bruce version of this song. I was like, this is great music. I, I think it finally genuinely clicked for me. Yeah. yeah I just, I was just feeling it. It was great. It was what a wonderful moment. <laughs> oh, that's so, awesome. I kind of thought yeah. you'd go the other way when I put this on here. I was like, okay, he's definitely going to get into the Eddie Vedder version. But um, no, that's great yeah. to hear. Nice. Um, all right. So it's happening. It's really going to happen. Uh, all right. Your next pick. You went with Time After Time, of course, the original by Cindy Lauper. And here the acoustic cover is by Iron and Wine. Yeah, I mean, like many of these, I love both of these versions. Um, they are they can both be played infinitely for me. Uh, of course, the Cindy Lauper version is just one of the greatest songs ever. Like, what a great love song! Um, it's also it comes to mind as like a great karaoke pick. You know, if you want to like have fun with that, um, very very sing alongable. I guess if that's a word, if that's a phrase, that's definitely a word. Um, yep, it's definitely a word. But then the Iron and Wine version, of course, is just you know like it's it's beautiful um sam beam which i think is one of the greatest names for a, a folk singer sam beam like what a great singer uh name um he just has a, a great voice right and i think he he adds a, again a folkiness to the song and, and the lyrics really work with that um because like folk songs are often i feel like love songs and songs about just like things in, in everyday life that we encounter so it works really well as a cover um what I also thought was interesting is he doesn't necessarily like slow it down a whole lot. Sometimes acoustic versions like really slow things down, but I feel like his version doesn't. Um, so it really is just kind of like a folky cover of um, Cindy Lauper's version. So really, really love this. Uh, uh, just you know, it's a favorite track of mine, and I thought that was a great cover. Um, so that's why I put it on the mix. Uh, totally agree. I I love the original. Right, obviously that's kind of timeless. Right, it's just one of those songs that you can hear over and over again. But yeah, this one, you're, you're right. The pacing is not significantly different. And I think the um, the emotional aspect is still there. So so there's not a dramatic change there. But I, I just think both of them work, right? Like, I, I, I do think it's just two really good versions of the same song. Um, I'm still probably partial to the original. But, but I think he does a really good job with the remake here. Nice. All right. Well, speaking of songs where my reaction was like, okay, this person covering it, better do a really good job because the original is so good um but i'll let you talk about this uh track number six here six and seven free fallen by tom petty and john mayer doing the cover yeah so free fallen again i mean like i told you guys from the beginning you're going to know all the originals of these songs and then this is a live version of free fallen uh that john mayer put out there and um, it's interesting because in the live version, like he just starts off playing the guitar and you could tell the crowd doesn't quite recognize the song. And then once he starts in on the lyrics, they're immediately all in, you know. So, yes, I think I that was that. A, <laughs> so. So that was kind of cool to just kind of feel the audience reacting there to uh, to him doing the song. And yeah, I mean, John Mayer, like the way he plays the guitar, it's a little different from Tom Petty. And uh, he kind of keeps it slow pretty much the whole time. And uh, his voice is a little, you know, more subdued throughout the song. But, um, God, I, I just think he just does a great job of this. And, again, you know, not to uh, 
not to de- despair the uh, the original, but but man, this this cover's really good. <laughs> it, it really is, yeah. So I definitely had the reaction of like, okay, I love Free Fallen by Tom Petty. I love all things Tom Petty. So all right, John Mayer, what do you got? Um, but. You know, his voice, I think, you know, is unique enough to work for this and give it his own kind of style and his own flair. And I also really like how he delivers the chorus. There's like just it's subtly different the way he says the line and I'm free um, and the way he holds that note. And it just it works really, really well. Um, It's absolutely like his style. So I really enjoyed it. I I have to be honest, I didn't think I would, but then I did. And so that's great. That's always that's always a joy. (laughs) And I think the running theme, like you just mentioned his voice, that that really seems to be the difference maker, I think, for me versus like if you're at like a coffee house or something and someone's just playing a bunch of covers, it usually just sounds fine. Right. But when they Mm -hmm. have a unique voice, I I think that's what kind of does it for me uh, as far as making a really unique acoustic cover of a song yeah good point um all right so your next pick uh you went with god of wine by third eye blind and then they did an acoustic version of the same song many years later correct yeah 25 years later um which is pretty wild and I, i think that that's part of why i wanted to throw this on here i had discussed the the acoustic um version unplugged i believe is the album um, referencing, I believe, MTV's original Unplugged show where they had artists come on and just kind of play acoustic versions of their of their songs. But yeah, I thought it was unique in the sense that, you know, this is their first album, 1997, and then 25 years later they do um, an album covering a lot of their big songs, not just from this album, but from, you know, their entire kind of musical careers, which have been expansive. And so it was really interesting because something I've always been fascinated by is that as artists age like they still can keep their voice through all of those years right like i don't know why i'm fascinated by that but i just think there's something kind of interesting you do kind of hear the change a little bit but of course it's still stephen jenkins like it's absolutely still him singing this this song but there's just like i don't know like a gravity to it or something that's been added because again 25 years have, have passed and all of the songs that he's all the concerts he's done like all of his life experiences then get folded into the cover of this verse of the cover of the song um so it's just kind of interesting for me like that's how I, I listen to it is like here's the original where they're all young and this is their first album and here it is later after a massively successful career and they're still making new music um to kind of hear okay does it change a little bit um and and what does that sound like so and then separately of course i just love every song off of that album. So I could have picked anyone. I went with God of Wine just to change it up a little bit. So this song, I, I wrote down, it feels like I'm listening to someone in therapy when, when I'm listening to that <laughs> <Right>. song. <laughs> like it's so, I feel like it, like lyrically dense and, and emotionally mm-hmm. dense. And so I, I think the original so good. But then, yeah, 25 years later, I thought that was really interesting. They do this acoustic version. And for me, it had a much more emotional feel to it right so it's Mm -hmm. like rather than just hey we're gonna sort of read not read these lyrics sing these lyrics right just as they are i don't know for whatever reason the acoustic one just hit much more emotionally hard and maybe it is that 25 year time gap between the uh the two versions that that i'm hearing there but really loved the acoustic version here 
Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It's really good. Check out that whole album. Um, there's some really good stuff on there. And of course, I'm also a sucker for piano. I think that's what makes this song a little bit different is like it's kind of he's being accompanied primarily by piano, not by a guitar. So I thought that was a cool way to do that. Yeah. I noted the piano there, too, that that was like a really cool addition. Yeah. Nice. All right. Let's move on to your next pick. Um, a Just a massive hit, really, by by Oasis, known as Wonderwall. And then, of course, the cover by Ryan Adams. Yeah, so, you know, again, another classic song here um, from Oasis. And Ryan Adams, let's just get this out of the way. By all accounts, he's not a great guy, okay? But sure. pretty, good, yep. pretty good singer and guitar player, all right? Um, <laughs> so there's another problematic artist coming on later in the, uh, later in the yes. mix. But anyway... Um, yeah, so this one, I, I think he does it so differently. He slows it down so much, and then he's almost whispering some of the lyrics at times. And I think it brings, it almost sounds a little bit more like a love song here than um, the original Oasis version, right? Which, of course, was a biggest, you know, a huge hit in its own right. But, um, yeah, I could see this one getting some traction um, and it really did. I mean, this wasn't like a radio play song, like a lot of Ryan Abbs songs, you know, don't get out there. But I, I think this one could really hit just because of um, that emotional part that maybe wasn't quite there or, or is there in a different way in the Oasis version. Is real music dying? What even is real music and who are we to judge that? Well, my father is a lifelong musician, and together we've been making music for over a decade. In our new podcast, we dare to ask the urgent, the weird, and the deep questions. And we have a lot of wild stories to tell. No matter what genres you enjoy, whether you're a musician, a producer, or a listener, we invite you to discover unconventional perspectives on music. So tune in, and go follow Mad Makings of Music wherever you listen to podcasts. Yeah, I I agree with that. All of that. I I found his take on it to be almost more conversational in the way that he sang it. Like he he shortens the sentences in a way. Like he's singing them in like almost like a faster again, almost a conversational way, which makes sense with the lyrics because the lyrics are talking to a person. Um, it's so I, I really liked that take on it. Um, completely different. And stands up on its own for sure, because again, like I, you know, like a lot of these absolutely love the original and I'm always like, okay, what do you got whenever I want to hear the cover? Um, But this was one where I was like, this is really cool. Like, it's not just, you know, we've talked about how we kind of poke fun at Weezer. Like whenever Weezer does a cover, it's like a Weezer (laughs) filter being applied to a song. We said that before. (laughs) The guitar playing sounds like Weezer. Yes. And everything else sounds (laughs) the same. Exactly. Um, And, you know, that's awesome. Like, that's a talent for sure. Like, no matter what you're playing, you still sound like your band. But here on a lot of these, I think it's really cool that, like, they're bringing their own take to it and their own interpretation of it. And and that's coming through on that one. So really cool. Agreed. Agreed. Um, All right. Your next pick. You went with uh, Chicago by Sufjan Stevens. And then he did an acoustic version of the same song. Yes, I believe it's Sufjan. Yes, Sufjan Stevens. Sufjan Sorry, Stevens, soft. yes. Maybe it's a soft J, yeah. <laughs> Yogging. <laughs> Yogging, exactly. <laughs> uh, 
Um, all right. So one of my all-time favorite songs, I've discussed it before, um, the non-acoustic version. And this is, again, one where I wanted to bring in the acoustic because, you know, it's the same artist, but I think it it dramatically changes the the feel of the song only because the lyrics, um, I believe, are just so powerful and, and they just come across as like sadder almost in, in the acoustic version. Like, I think obviously whenever you remove a lot of instrumentation, you just tend to focus more on what's being sung. And so, you know, whenever he's singing the lines, for example, like, I made a lot of mistakes, it's like, wow, you feel that. Like, you, you feel that kind of energy coming through a lot more when it's just him and a guitar versus having all of the just fantastic instrumentation that's going on in, in the original. Um, it just sounds like such a grand song. Like, it's like almost like a, I don't know, like a parade song. Whereas this one is just like so much quieter and, and so much more subdued. Um, and so it just adds like a completely different flavor to it and, and one that I love. So definitely want to throw this on here uh, because I think both both versions are absolutely beautiful in their own right. Yeah, the original sounds like something that would be in a musical, I think. Mm-hmm. You know, like, it, you know, just you get the different voices in there and you're right, all the instrumentation. And then, yeah, the acoustic version, you really just get more of a feel for the actual song. And, um, I mean, they're both great. They're both really enjoyable. Um, I think the original was part of a, a concept album he did. And then he kind of, you know, just redid it. So I think you know, he's such a unique artist that I think, you know, putting a couple of unique takes on the same song really shows how talented he is. Yeah, exactly. All right. Here's, um, here's the controversial one. This is the one that I had a lot of feels on. <laughs> so... Uh, you went with Everlong by Foo Fighters, and then the cover, not by Foo Fighters, which is what I thought you were doing originally, <laughs> but you went with the acoustic cover by none other than Rick Astley. Okay. All right. So there's no <laughs> doubt Foo Fighters does a great cover, acoustic cover version of Everlong. Okay. I think it's been out there. People have heard it, right? Um, and then I stumbled upon this Rick Astley acoustic version. <laughs> And I was like, you know what? This guy gets mocked a lot, right? Of course, the, the Rick Roll phenomenon. But he's got a really good voice. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to throw this on the mix, even though I kind of suspected you might hate it. And I was like, just to give him a little bit of credit for like, hey, he's got a good voice. He could pull off a song like this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so, Samer, go, go ahead. Your thoughts. Your thoughts. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You know, what's so funny, I'll give the listeners a little bit of background. Um, I put Everlong by Foo Fighters in the acoustic version on my mix originally. And then, you know, we do these separate. Matt's rolls in and I open his up and I'm like, oh, he has them on. Because originally you did, I guess, accidentally put the, the Foo Fighters in the yeah, acoustic I mean, version right. on. Yeah. And so I thought, you know what, don't worry about it. I'm going to remove mine. There's other picks that I want. And so I, I removed mine. And then like a day later, you're like, oh, by the way, I actually meant to put Rick Astley as the cover, not... <laughs> Not Foo Fighters. And so I feel like I got robbed of my tracks. And I didn't need to listen to this version. Well, just so go maybe ahead and talk about it. the Foo Fighters cover. Just go ahead and talk about that. No, it's fine. It's fine. You know, both, all all versions are great, right? Um, what's funny is I agree. Like, the guitar play by Rick Astley, amazing. His voice, I agree. It's 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 a phenomenal voice. Like, I think it's it's kind of unfortunate that the first thing everyone thinks of is it's the Rick roll is and you're never going to give <laughs> you right. up. Um, That's right. Because he's a very talented artist. Like what a phenomenon for that guy. Like he's forever just pigeonholed into that, that yeah. thing, that meme. 
Um, but having said all that, I think I just couldn't get over. It's almost like Uncanny Valley. I couldn't get over him singing like a legitimate song that I, I've loved. It's like a top 10 song for me my whole life. So it's really hard to overcome that weirdness of having him cover this one. But uh, no disrespect. Absolutely. I mean, his, he's a very talented musician. And, you know, we've talked about him before on the show. So <laughs> it's just very weird for me. Agreed. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. I can understand that. Yeah. Um, okay, so another interesting pairing here uh, with your last pick. You've got Landslide, of course, the original by Fleetwood Mac, and then the acoustic cover by Smashing Pumpkins. Yeah, Smashing Pumpkins. They actually have new music coming out. They just announced that, so they were a little top of mind for me uh, whenever we were putting this mix um, out, and I'm sure that I'm going to cover them on a new music mix coming up uh, in, in our episode catalog. So. Yeah, I think, I mean, Landslide by Fleetwood Mac is is like a perfect song. If we ever wanted to do like just perfect song mix, like I would put this on there. Like songs where like you can never get tired of them. They're absolutely beautiful. That You know, stunning um, instrumentation, vocals, lyrics, everything. Like they're great. Like this is one of those for me that I would put on that mix. Right. Okay. Um, okay. But then, you know, like Smashing Pumpkins again, like they apply like kind of their filters, so to speak. Like, they do a really, really cool version of this. Um, Billy Corgan's voice is like, I don't know, I don't know another adjective other than it's like whiny, but I don't say that negatively, but it just kind of comes across that way. Um, you know, but it still kind of retains a lot of the the, the core element of, of the Fleetwood Mac version, but again, with like a Smashing Pumpkins take on it. So it just ends up being almost like darker in a way i just feel like maybe everything that smashing pumpkin sings just comes across like a little bit darker so i thought it was just a really cool like take on on a song that again is by all means perfect <laughs> yeah i remember uh when this when this came out i, I don't know I, I should have looked this up but you know the dixie chicks aka the chicks now uh they also did a mm-hmm. version of landslide that was pretty popular but i remember when this one came out by smashing pumpkins and just being just shocked that it was Smashing Pumpkins redoing Landslide. Because <laughs> like, right. this came out in like the mid-90s. It wasn't like, oh, 2010, they decided to put some acoustic covers together. It was like fairly early or, or kind of when they were kind of red hot and, and sort of this super uh, energetic kind of angry band. And then, um, and then yeah, you get Landslide. <laughs> so I remember just always right. being like, shocked by it and they do a good job of it right like it's not i'm not trying to disparage that part of it but it's just kind of funny to me that um that that this is the song they decide to uh cover at this point in their career it just it just always has struck me as so odd yeah that is really interesting right it's like very deep grungy music and then all of a sudden you get yeah covered by fleetwood mac um or you you pick that song to cover It's almost like someone dared them to do it or something. <laughs> yeah, in this super subdued way. It's not like they took it right. and like sped it up or, or added like some mm-hmm. sort of emotion. To, yeah, it's just very strange. I've always thought that. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So as promised, here's our, our problematic artist uh, to close out the mix. <laughs> but, you know, one that we featured many times because it's he's a he's a force in the music industry. You went with Billie Jean by Michael Jackson and then a really interesting cover choice, one that I was certainly not familiar with um, by Chris Cornell. Yeah. So don't go Googling Michael Jackson. Just look up his music. OK, 
Um, but yeah, when you think of acoustic covers, that's not the first artist to come to mind. And then when you think of Michael Jackson, Chris Cornell is not the first thing that comes to mind. So no. I stumbled upon this and I think it was one of those things. It's funny. You, you search for songs and, you know, uh, interestingly enough, the aforementioned Weezer has a version of Billie Jean too, which right. sounds a lot like, you know, the original with a Weezer filter on it, as we talked about. But this one, mm-hmm. I mean, just, it's completely different, Right. And it's this super emotional song. Of course, Chris Cornell has such an amazing voice. And uh, yeah, I mean, it just sounds like he's he's just pleading that, that Billie Jean is not his lover. <laughs> like, that yeah. you've, got to, you've got to believe him here, right? So there's nothing dancey about it at all. Um, it really shows you kind of with the lyrics, just how strong some of the lyrics are in that song. Exactly. I, I felt that it completely like rocked the version of the, I mean, it, it like it changed completely the, the meaning of this song, right? Like the Billie Jean song by, or the Michael Jackson version is like many of them, like a dancey pop song. And, but it's like a very serious, like <laughs> lyrical content. And, you know, he's like trying to deny his uh, paternal, um, you know, rights to this person is like, Nope, Billie Jean is not my daughter. Um, and then you've got Chris Cornell singing it, and it's like, wow, like this is, like you said, it's like it's just more eerie, it's darker, it's more like truly pleading, like nope, this is you've got the this is not who you know it's not who she's yeah. saying she is, and and all of that. So um, pretty wild stuff, yeah. Not my lover, excuse me, not not talking about the daughter, but yeah. <laughs> Freudian slip there, maybe. Um, moving on. <laughs> no, uh, right. I agree, though. But I think that that's a. I thought it was a good one to finish on just because, like a lot of these, it's like, you know, the original song, but, you know, some of these acoustic covers just gives you a whole new way of listening to the song and, and maybe a new meaning. We talked about different interpretations earlier, too, and, and maybe it gives you a new um, a new response to it, too, which I think is just I thought I think that's why I get so excited about your idea when you suggested this. Nice. Well, thank you for doing it. Um, I thought this was a lot of fun. And, and of course, you can find the mix, as I mentioned at the top of the episode, um, in our show notes. And be sure to listen to it and, and let us know what you thought. Absolutely. And so there you go. Another super awesome mix for your collection. We've got plenty more to work on. But in the meantime, for Samer, this is Matt, and we'll see you next time. Super Awesome Mix is brought to you by DLM. Make shopping easy with DLM, the one-stop shop for all your casual clothing needs. Shop dlmsupplycode.com and enter the promo code AWESOME at checkout to save 15% off your first purchase. That's dlmsupplycode.com.